Welcome, everyone, to episode four of Pro-Am Disc Golf. We really appreciate you joining us. The uh, response has been great. Everybody seems to be super happy with the show. Um, I'm saying this because we're recording this immediately after recording our last episode. And, uh, I mean, it's... Again, no negative feedback between... Yeah, I I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but world-changing is is like not 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 insane so <laughs> your, your reaction to the ballista pro just is completely yeah set the world on fire i mean that's what it does <laughs> i'll have to go throw it i mean by the time you listen to this i uh 700 yards just just straight down the yeah. fairway like i hit a cop car it's amazing right yeah yeah i, thought, I know i thought you'd like it no we were like setting up uh coke bottles you know, 800 yards down range and I was hitting them. That's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. It's that good. It's that good. Wow. It's that good. And like no look. <laughs> we went out, I shot 18, played 18. I shot 18. It was, it was, it was a good day. It's a new record. <laughs> I, I really, I would love it if, uh, somewhere on the marketing for the ballista pro sh- played 18, shot 18 pro M disc golf. That'd be awesome. That would just be amazing. Yeah. It would be um, even more amazing if it happened. That, well, that would be. I wonder what the lowest score is ever, like, legit. Definitely under score. 36. Which is just crazy. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure somebody's shot under 36. Yeah. With how short some courses are. Yeah, I guess that's true. You just go out and, I mean, 36 to 40 is like a normal day. Get a yeah. couple to go in. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Let us know your shortest round. Mine's a 41. Really? Mm-hmm. Where was that? Roots. And that's not an easy course. I mean. It's in between. Yeah. But it's not like there's some, well, I guess there's not super long holes. Yeah. I guess depending on where the pins are. Yeah. And now they're, I mean, they move them more than they used to. So it's kind of irrelevant now. Yeah. I guess that's true. Because some, like it can play super short. Yeah. With some setups. It's like Creek said. Like, yeah. Co- yeah. Course records are great. Those are two of our biggest courses locally here. But if it's all short, you know, 18 yeah. down is there. If they're all long, 12 down is pretty good. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because, well, Creekside, um, I mean, there's a section of that course that just takes you through the woods. It's a park. It's in a park. So mostly it's on lawn. but Very traditional park course. Yeah. But the section that takes you through the woods, there's pin placements there that can, you know, definitely mm-hmm. change the game, like considerably. Mm-hmm. Every hole has a pin that's significantly harder yeah and there's what like four placements i think on each hole yeah at least yeah yeah anyway yeah um that's that's super super local <laughs> so uh substitute your local course in and yeah, i'm same. sure you've got the same experience mm-hmm. um well welcome everybody thanks for joining us uh we really really do appreciate it and we like talking disc golf and we hope you like listening to talk, us talk disc golf if you do or don't, please rate us on iTunes, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, however you want to listen to us, Hannah, and however you do listen to us, let us know. I'm, I'm curious because um, I'm doing the back-end production on this, and this is the first show that I've ever done all that on. So uh, if you find us, let me know how you found us. Uh, that, that is all, that's something that's of endless fascination to me is, is how people can find the show. So um, and let us know where you're from. Rate and review us. Uh, if you don't like the show, please just rate us five stars, but then in the review, write whatever horrible things you want about us. 
So that's fine. Yeah. Just just rate us five stars, and then you can tell us how terrible we are in the actual body. I will read it. I promise. Yeah, it will be considered. Just write so, it in. Yeah, but you know, if you get the five stars there, that that at least help us out. <laughs> so, um, so. This is a week of uh, questions and answers, and so we're going to go straight to the questions. Uh, this one comes from um, somebody very close to me, from my wife. So I was I was prepping, and this has actually been put off for a few episodes when I was prepping to get the show started and asked her if she had any questions about disc golf. And I asked her really sarcastically because she just isn't into it. Mm-hmm. She, and she supports me. She loves me. She's, she's happy that I have found something that I like doing. But she just doesn't have the time to pick up a new hobby, and it's just not something that, that super interests her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually surprised when she had a question. And uh, or she said, why do people play disc golf? Ooh. And, and I thought, I, I laughed, and then she said, no, I, what I really mean is, like, why do people play this sport? It's, it's you know, and I, and I thought, well, that's actually a really, really good question. Yeah. So, um, We've already got our disc golf stories of how we started playing the game. But, Chris, why do you play disc golf? And why do you think other people play disc golf? I think most people play because it's low cost. It's high fun. It's active enough to make it feel like you're doing something. And you just meet a lot of cool people. So between not having to pay very much, it's free to play most places. And you meet a lot of good people. That's pretty rewarding. That's a pretty good draw for a lot of people to play. Yeah. And then as you play more... You, if you're a competitive person, it's a great competitive outlet. So you combine good people with good places, and you get to compete. It's kind of just win-win, win. Yeah. Well, when she asked me, I, I asked her. I said, "Do would you ask someone the same question about golf? You know, why does somebody just play golf, like ball golf?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "No, I wouldn't, because that's it's so in our culture, Western culture, for golf to be." It's part of business. You know, there's deals that happen on the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like every president we get just spends more and more days golfing, like the more and more rounds of golfing. And and that goes way back. Like that's not that's not a new phenomenon mm-hmm. with our billionaire president that we have now. Um, his, his predecessors got a lot of days on the course. And so it, it, it's something that people associate with kind of power and, and influence. I don't think anybody associates power and influence with disc golf. Um, unless you happen to be, you know, owning a disc golf company. Yeah. So I think it's, I think you kind of hit it right. I think it's for me, um, I would be frustrated playing golf and I'd be frustrated playing disc golf and I am frustrated playing disc golf. But when I go play disc golf, I can go out and play. If I've got time to play three or four holes, I'm frustrated for free. Yeah. Even if I can find a good, you know, municipal course or even like a cheap municipal course, it's what, 15, 20 bucks to go out and walk nine holes. Yeah. Walk nine holes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, nothing, golf's great. Like if you're going to get outside and recreate, I'm all for it as long as you're not hurting anybody else Mm -hmm. doing it. So I'm, I'm super supportive of any kind of recreative outlet you want to do. This happens to be a disc golf show. So we're, we're biased towards that, but it's, it's free. Like you said, it's fun. Um, the community has been really good. Uh, it's you meet nice people, you meet friendly people, and they're, they're for the most part pretty helpful. And what I like is I can have my bag in my car, mm-hmm. and I don't have to have like if I carried my golf bag in my car, it would be pretty intrusive all the time. But I, I have a dynamic disc commander. That's my my 
regular bag, and I think you play with the same one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it takes up about as much space as a backpack mm-hmm. would in the trunk of my car. And so I can keep my bag back there. I keep way more discs yeah. than that in the back of my car. I've got a duffel bag and my glow bag also yeah, in the yeah. back of my car. But if I, it's really great. If, I'm, if I've got, you know, I've got to pick up my kid from school in 20 minutes and there's a park nearby, I can go do some field work. I can, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can, you've got a disc to play catch with, mm-hmm. with somebody if you want to go play catch. So um, that's, that's kind of where I am with it is it's, it's super accessible. It's super easy to do. And it's, it's, people think it's a little bit uh, novel too. I um, recently did some field work at Sugar House Park mm-hmm. and just parked off of, this is going to get super local, but again, imagine whatever large pub, you know, city park that's fairly popular uh, by you. But I parked off 17th East, which is not the busiest section of the park. And then I just, there's a hill there and I was just throwing down the hill and then throwing back up the hill and people walking dogs, jogging, riding bikes by me. And everybody kind of looked and smiled because it's, it's just a little bit weird to see a guy throwing like, Oh, he just threw 30 pieces of plastic, mm-hmm. um, you know, out, out to no one. He's not, he's playing catch <laughs> by himself. And so it's, it also gives you a chance to kind of talk about the sport a little bit if somebody will talk to you. And, um, you know, I feel like I can get practice in, in again, 20 minutes if, mm-hmm. if that's what I've got. And, mm-hmm. um, like a park like that, you can't go play golf in, you know, no. it's, it's, it's not allowed in the park cause you're going to tear up the grass. Or you're going to hit somebody with the ball. Even if you're playing with wiffle balls, they don't want you tearing the grass up. Mm-hmm. I don't think that applies to disc golf when they say no golf in the park. It's, it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's super accessible. You really can play anywhere. And I mean, nationwide, internationally, there are courses almost everywhere. It's usually low in like free or low cost. So accessibility is huge. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, have you? Do you ever, when you travel just randomly, do you bring your bag with you? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to Oregon with some friends in a couple of weeks, and I've planned to. Bring. Is it a disc golf trip? No, just a just, just a, a trip f- up to Oregon. Yeah, just a friend vacation we take every year, and I got one of the friends that I'm going with into disc golf last year, and he actually reached out to me and was like, "Hey, man, I found these two courses within a couple of miles of where we're staying. Do you want to bring some discs?" And I was like, you don't have to ask me that question. Yes. You just tell me you found a course and we'll yeah. go. Yeah. So, yeah, I am actually going on vacation and taking discs, not as a disc golf vacation. Yeah. I, um, and this, uh, every year I try to get away. I just, you know, long weekend kind of by myself. I call it my eat, pray, love trip where I, I just go and stay at a, at a hotel and, and go visit a national park or something. Yeah. And I just, last year was, actually last year was the first year I did it. And I brought my bag and I actually didn't end up finding a course to play, but I did throw some discs mm-hmm. just, you know, and there were courses along the way. I just didn't chose not to make that a priority. I chose to do other things. Mm-hmm. But again, it was not a sacrifice to have them in the car. You know, if I was traveling just with a carry on on a, on a quick plane trip, then maybe it would be, you know, do I want to bring underwear? Or do I want to bring my discs? So I, I might not there, but if it's a road trip, it really doesn't take up much space at all to just throw my bag in there. Mm-hmm. I, um, my family did a little trip for, for Christmas time or in the holidays, we went down to Zions national park, which is about five hours south of where we are and brought my disc. There's a course there. That's, um, have you played that course in Zion? Yeah, I have not. It's actually in Springdale in the town just outside of Zions national park. Springdale. I don't think so. It's a 
do not, well, <laughs> I highly recommend playing that course with someone else. Okay. I spent a lot of time looking, looking for a disc that I think it was the first time I threw. So oh, I nice. did not want to lose it. And I, and I was wise. It's all bread rock down there. So I was like, okay, let's bring contrasting discs. Didn't help. Wow. Like it was. So it's like base camp down uh, in Moab. Oh, I've never played that, but yeah. Okay. Another red rock course. Yeah. yeah. And it's, um, one of the holes is a dynamic marksman. Oh, fun. Yeah. When they're just like up on rocks, it's it's a it's an interesting course. I didn't end up playing all. Huh. I don't know how many holes there are, honestly. I think on the, the map that I got, I here's another cool thing about disc golf. I found I just found the course online. I think on the app or something or a disc golf course, course review or whatever. Review. There was an email. The guy who set up the course emailed him. He shot me a map. So That's really awesome. nice. He's like, I'm, I'll be out of town, but you know, here's a map you can go play. I wish he was there because I would have actually known the course. But uh, it was so. But there were way. There were extra holes that weren't on the map okay. that he gave me, or at least that I wasn't expecting to be there. So I didn't quite know if I was playing the course as designed. But there's a handful of blind shots, and um, you know, <laughs> boulders are easy to lose a disc in. Yeah, but it's a fun course. Yeah. I recommend it if you're down there. But again, if it's just it's something that where I couldn't bring, um, you know, we wouldn't have had room to bring a bag of golf clubs. I can throw my commander in there and it's fine. Mm -hmm. And even more than room in the car for me is money and time. Absolutely. So I also ball golf. And if someone asked me why I disc golf, I would ask them why they ball golf. Because assuming I were as good at ball golf as I am disc golf, I would say they're probably equally fun, equally challenging. One of them is free and takes an hour and a half. One of them is not free, much more expensive than free and takes four hours. Yeah. I mean, which one appeals? Yeah. Well, I, they appeal to different times. Yeah. Like, it's, again, it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other, but I it's really a great thing to pick up and, you know, just get some discs, keep them in your car. It's fun to go throw a disc and watch it fly. Yeah. Nothing is prettier than watching discs fly. Uh, okay. My, my wife's pretty good looking. Back that up a little bit. <laughs> watching discs fly is amazing. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been playing for a long time, and every time I see someone throw a good shot, I'm like, whoa. Well, and that's one of the things that has fascinated me about throwing Frisbees my whole life is it's just cool to watch a disc fly. Mm -hmm. Like it, 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 I don't know why, but it is. It's so much fun to, uh, again, I'm not great at the sport, but, um, when, when the wind's right and I can throw one out and just see it kind of catch the thermals and go up and down a little bit, it's, it's endlessly, Mm -hmm. um, fascinating to me like i almost get giddy it is watching it's, that like it's i giggle exciting. a little bit it's so fun just to watch it kind of up and down and mm-hmm. yeah trying to anticipate if it's gonna go up or down again yeah just waiting for one more bump and just yeah and see if it will catch one more yeah. and get another because you catch a bump you get another 10 feet mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah it's just exciting so just a cool thing uh let us know why you play disc golf i think that would be really kind of fascinating i'd like to read those on air um yeah. or at least you know the 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 good ones and we'll omit the curses <laughs> All right, so uh, my wife, Rachel, that's why we play disc golf. And she gets it. She, does, she, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't asking it to be challenging to me at all or to make yeah, fun of it. I think it's a great question. Yeah, it's just why do you play the sport? And yeah. um, we talk about growing the sport. We talk about but really why? You know, yeah. it, because it's, it's immensely fun. Mm-hmm. Fun factor is very high. Yeah. And it's if you're like Chris and you're not good at being bad at things, then be prepared to dedicate yourself to the sport. If you're like me and you're okay being bad at something, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And 
you can spend all of five dollars on a secondhand cheap disc, and that's it. Yeah, like that. That's the that's the barrier to entry. Or go out to a course, and someone will hand you a disc. If you just want to say like, "Hey, this is interesting. I've always wanted to play this. I have discs on my bag that I will be happy yeah. to hand somebody. Absolutely. And if not, I've got one in the trunk of my car that I can say like, here." Take this one, give it back to me, but then I'll give you another one. Yeah. At the end of the day, and it's, um, yeah, it, it's so much fun. It's 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 just a great thing to play, and really, all you need is a disc, mm-hmm. and you're in. I mean, I, um, I you, you hear about people that start playing with um, ultimate discs, you know, yeah. or just the 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 disc they got at Walmart for ninety seven cents. Yeah, it's a place to start. Yeah move on to, to a regulation. Well, partially because if you want to prove at the sport, you need to feel a disc, a disc in your hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is a side question. Do you have any idea how they came up with the regulation size of the disc? Like where PDGA sets that? I do not know. Cause for just for fun, I've bought Innova's like the Condor and the, the plus size. The Zephyr. Yeah. Super mold. What do they call them? I, uh, I don't know. Super class. Yeah. I think you're right. Super class disc. Um, and I need to, they don't fit in my bag. <laughs> That's why I can't. I, I don't really ever take them out because they're just Awkward. too big, yeah. yeah, to fit in the bag. But um, those are actually a really nice way to give to somebody that isn't, yeah, just is kind of adapting. It's to like the a sport. good a good halfway, yeah, especially lighter weight stuff. Yeah, I've got a super lightweight one that is not that fun to throw. I, Maybe I uh, we'll have to take it out and see what you can do with it. Yeah. I I bought one a few years back. I still have. Yeah, it's like a hundred grams and it's a super class. Yeah, I think that's what this one it's is. A lot it's a of fun. It's just crazy light. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll then I've got a condo that's more, sta- more standard. But there, it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So, again, let us know why you play disc golf. Uh, here's the next question. Somebody wants to, uh, is enjoying the game, wants to improve. They can, they've got, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, whatever it is to go out and play. And they're, should they go do some field work or should they go just play around? Who is the somebody and what is the aim for improvement? All right. Because um, I think it makes a difference. I think once you're... Stat- so let me ask you this. Let me... let me Because that is kind of a, a vague way to ask that question. Um, just your average... Anybody who's playing disc golf. Okay. They, they're pretty into the sport. They get two or three times a week to go out and play. Um, how much of that should be field work and how much of that should be actually playing on the course? And, and this is somebody who wants to improve their game. Um, I think you'll get differing opinions on this. Okay. But my well, take. Well, I'm asking your opinion. My take is that if I got three days a week to play, I would play two rounds and do one day of field work. And I know people who would say. Three rounds of field work. And two rounds of field work. I, yeah. no, I could probably fill all the spots. Yeah. I would do one field work and two rounds. Um, rounds present things the field work does not. Situations that you have to get out of that in a field you don't think of. Um, yes, fieldwork is important because you learn your discs very well. You learn what you can do with each one, what you can and can't get away with, and kind of just overall build confidence in throwing shots. That said, rounds, like I was saying, put you in situations that you don't think of, like in a bush and you have to throw some weird flick roller or some straddle putt on a knee that you've never thought to practice in your backyard. Yeah. So I think rounds have a lot of benefit that I think shows up when you don't expect it, which is how the game works. You don't get to say, I'm going to be in the middle of every fairway. I'm going to always have a 25-foot putt. It's, it's chaotic. Yeah. Um, 
I just wanted to find field work real quick if you're new to the sport. Get a field, go throw your discs. Yep. Take your bag, just throw it out and see see what you can do with your discs. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is it's um, hopefully you can see where they land. You can go shag them pretty easy. And you just can get a lot of tosses in in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, how often – so for you, what do you think is your ratio to field work to rounds? Not, And I'm not talking tournament play, just mm-hmm. you know, as you're – training throughout the year for lack of a better word i'm probably up to about 10 rounds per day of field work right now okay which again a lot of people disagree with that that's fine that's what i do that that's and now that's a conscious thing on your part to do about 10 rounds for, and i'm sure it's not you're it's, not it's, on the clock with it but. yeah i would say it's coincidental okay um and most of my field work right now i just kind of changed how i throw so most of it is just kind of trying to cement that in get rid of my old bad habits and pick up a little more power because more power is always more fun. That's not true, but that's my mentality right now is I want to clean up the form so I'm consciously making myself do field work. Whereas if I were happy with how the form was, it'd probably be more rounds still. That makes sense. Yeah. So, well, yeah, a round is – I actually really like field work. I think it's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but playing around is – it's that's disc golf. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the fun part of it. So I – for me, I just try to, I I just try to tell myself like, no, go do some field work, and it's not, it's like, a, no, go eat your sherbet instead of your ice cream. Like, okay, <laughs> it's fine. It's really good. It's a lot of fun, and uh, but for for me, what I found is I'm I'm to the point now in my game where I'm actually starting to get a full flight on some of my discs, mm-hmm. and um, the courses around here, there's not a lot of well. I don't know if there's any that are what you'd call an open course where not, at least not for me, there, mm-hmm. there's enough trees and things that I've got to try to shape a shot or lay up or, or um, anything that I'm not going to trust that I'm going to get my full flight on the disc. And even if even ones that I do get a full flight, maybe there's a tree that sometimes snags me. Yeah. So it's nice to go into a wide open spot and just see what happens. Yeah. And see what happens. So where are your favorite places to go do some field work? Um, I go to my high school a lot for shorter shots. I mean, with the track and the football field, I can throw everything but drivers, mm-hmm. the high-speed stuff. Uh, my favorite place is down in Orem at Art Die because that field is something like 1,800 feet across. Oh, you're telling me that, yeah. So that's the only place I know of close-ish to here where I can play golf and throw as hard as I want and not even have a worry. Yeah. So anytime I'm doing distance work, I'm going down to Art Die. And I, I don't play that course. It's hard. It'll make you better. Yeah. Um, but I'll go down there and I'll take 20, 30 drivers and I'll throw them all as hard as I can, see what they do until I can't throw anymore. So field work is absolutely beneficial. You have to know what stuff's going to do when you throw it differently, uh, how they'll all behave on different angles, different shots, different powers. That is how you get better at golf. Is there something, are there discs that people shouldn't be throwing when they're doing field work or should they just yeah. throw the whole bag? I think throw anything. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to know what you can do with your putter. It's nice to know what you can do with your super overstable high-speed stuff. Yeah. I mean, they all have a use. They all have 10 uses. So throw everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Everything that. on every shot. Like, throw your understable stuff on hyzers. Try to make it go left. Throw your understable or overstable stuff. Try and make it go the wrong way. That's how you improve. That's how you learn what you can do with each disc. I'm still working on getting my disc to do somewhat close to what it says on the, you know, on the flight pattern chart. Yeah. And then that's again, so at a lower level, 
field work, you can make yourself throw any shot. So if you have three of the same disc, you can just try and get them to fly the same way. You don't even need to be, okay, it's going to go this far this way and then come back and land over there. Yeah. If you have three of the same disc, you can say, I want them to fly the same. I want three consistent releases in a row. And even building consistency that way is it's, super good. It's super gratifying. Like, yeah. I, I think I told you last time I went and did some field work, I got my Emac Truce to land one on top of the other one. Like not exactly, but that's incredible. overlapping like 70%. Yeah, that's really good. I was, I was super happy about that. And then like other stuff was kind of like I was getting clustered. I was getting a nice yeah. kind of group of, of my disc. Uh, my drivers weren't going a whole lot farther than my mid-range, but I'll work on that. Yeah, that comes with power. <laughs> So the scale, the scale is kind of deceiving too. Like the jump from putter to mid and mid to fairway and fairway to driver, they're all kind of small. It's not like you throw a putter a hundred feet and you throw a driver 600 feet. When I was going to ask you about this, cause I, when we went out and played, we talked about it last week, we played around together, glow around mm-hmm. and I was trying to get my driver out there as far as I could. It wasn't a very good throw anyway, but, uh, Chris's truth went, which is, is a dynamic disc fairly stable mid-range disc um just went farther than i thought it could possibly go and i and you i think you overshot the basket on that one right you were you were coming back mm-hmm. why do you have drivers because <laughs> like what, what do you what do you do with your drivers because if you can throw a truth like that what i mean most holes aren't i understand if it's like a 700 foot hole mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna need more than i mean you got that out there probably 480 feet uh 400. Okay, yeah. 400 feet. Um, but most holes are 400 or less, That, that at least yeah. that I run Locally, across. yeah. So um, locally here, when are you throwing your drivers? Um, I use them a lot for angles okay. and like ground play. So faster discs, if you throw them slow, slower than they're meant to be thrown, they add some stability. So you can throw them low at the ground and they'll get a whole bunch of skips with that overstability. Um, you can use them to shape flex lines, um, mostly just angles and fun, varying speed control stuff. Okay. But at bigger courses, I absolutely need them. Yeah. Like, yes, I could play our local course Creekside with two mid ranges and a putter and play about how I normally do. Yeah. Because it's a short course. That's fine. But drivers are more fun. You can get crafty. And when the courses open up and get bigger, that extra distance is cool. Nice. That's what I use them for. That's all, yeah, because I saw that and I was like, I, I don't know yeah. what, yeah, what, 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 yeah. what is this guy using a driver for? Yeah. But now we know. Yeah. Locally, I don't need them very often. Yeah. Now, where, where are you, I know on like, if you're playing an open and they're setting up a course for it, they're probably going to have some long holes in there. Um, but I've, I mostly just played uh, locally here mm-hmm. around, around the Salt Lake Valley because I'm fairly new to the sport. Where are you seeing long holes when you when you travel around? Where what are places that have pretty long holes? Probably, like a general rule of thumb is the bigger the tournament, the longer the holes will be. Okay. So, like, currently Vegas is coming up. It's a very long course. And is that a permanent course? I or think semi-permanent? so. Permanent. I think it's permanent, but okay. you don't play. There are three courses, and I believe the permanent layout is you play one and a half courses or a different one and a half courses depending on time of day. Oh, okay. And then for the tournament, they close the ball golf course where this property is, and we play the three courses every day. So um, the rule of thumb down there 
as I understand it, is if it's under 550 feet, they call it a par three. <laughs> so you want an idea of distance. <laughs> there are a bunch of 540 foot par threes. Yeah, that's a, that's a long Which, three. I mean, they will play over par. The average on those is probably something like three and a quarter, three and a yeah. half. But on paper, it's a three. So yeah. I'm going to be trying to get there. That's not so long holes do exist. Yeah, and some of the holes he, like locally here, I'm like, no, this should probably be a four. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then when I play with better players, they're just parking it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. But I, I guess that's one of the things too is, um, and part of, I think that's something maybe for people to be aware of and kind of growing the sport is. I, I hear people talk about, you know, setting up a tournament or different things and um, or, or designing a course. Um, one of our local courses here, Roots, they, the city removed a bunch of trees that were just sick trees. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because all of a sudden I can actually, like, play a line and I can, I can see where to go. But the scuttlebutt was, uh, ruin the course. It's too easy to play now. It's not even worth playing. And um, as as somebody who's new to the sport, that actually is not a terribly encouraging thing to hear because it's like, well, if we're just making this harder for the sake of being hard, mm-hmm. uh, okay, maybe you guys are parring this, you know, whereas it's, it's a, it's at a birdie for you now since they moved the trees. I'm, I can maybe make par now yeah. <laughs> with, with those obstacles removed. Yeah. And so, um, but I guess that's a little bit of a, of a trade off too. Cause you, a court, there's not that many courses. It's hard to get them put in. Mm-hmm. And so to set up a course that's, you know, a, a super confidence-building course for somebody who's new isn't going to be attractive to people, to that person once they develop beyond that level. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit a little bit of a, of a tricky thing there. Yeah, and I think there is some art to having courses of different level. Yeah. So it is good to have beginner-friendly courses where you can go out, when you're learning and feel okay about your score, because that number kind of affects a lot of people. Yeah, like pers- on personal level. Well, if if you if you know like okay, you're familiar with golf, you're familiar with par, exactly, and it takes you seven shots to get into the basket. That that's that's a little demoralizing. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, but at the same time, I also appreciate courses that are challenging. Yeah. So, like locally, we have Art Die. I would say is the most challenging course locally. There's a lot of trees. There's a lot of stuff in the way and it makes you better by playing it. I would not like to learn how to play there. Yeah. I would be extremely frustrated. I would probably not enjoy it. So I think there is kind of a balance of having courses that cater to each skill level or the kind of harder task of having a course that caters to everybody. Yeah. Where you have a couple, I'll call it gimme holes like short, easy, open, and then a couple holes that are harder or longer that kind of kind of balances out the field so everyone gets something out of it. Yeah, and that is that is a challenge because, again, it's just use the space, and you think, like, well, maybe you can change around with tee positions and things, but mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe you're throwing over somebody that you don't realize it becomes a safety issue. Yeah. So um, I don't have the answers. If you got the answers, <laughs> let us know. But um, that I guess that's just something to consider when you're on the when you're complaining be considerate of the people that are really grateful <laughs> that, that some of the obstacles left yeah and i mean especially when parks are small yeah there's only so many ways you can get 18 holes in there yeah so, absolutely i mean i've i've critiqued courses pretty hard and then i've stepped back and looked 
and I tried to do any better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And now yeah. I've dipped a toe in it and it's difficult. Well, and you, I drive by, um, the other day I drove by one of our just municipal ball courses and, um, I think it was Nibley park mm-hmm. and it's nothing, nothing fancy as far as golf's concerned. But mm-hmm. I looked at it, I thought, Oh man, that would be the most amazing <laughs> disc mm-hmm. golf course. Mm-hmm. And it, it likely will never be i mean maybe we can set up a, an event you know or two yeah. to, to put some t- some temporary baskets in but um there's just not the money behind disc golf and there's not the interest to, to be able to um and again part of that is because it's free mm-hmm. you know these municipal courses are supposed to be fairly self-sustaining at least in, in utah they are yeah. they're supposed to be um so that hence the green fees hence the clubhouse and other things that, that try to support it um but we just talked about one of the appeals of disc golf is you can show up with out even a nickel in your pocket and go mm-hmm. have a good afternoon. Mm-hmm. So that said, I think there is promise for pay to play in the I future. I agree. Um, especially partnering with ball golf courses. Yeah. Because we can use the space maintenance free. They Fairly, just, they just yeah. keep doing what they're doing. We play through and on the sides and out of their way. Um, and for a well manicured golf course, I'd pay five, 10 bucks to play. Oh, absolutely. 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 So I think there is something to be had from a partnership with ball golf courses. Yeah. Well, and, and the truth is, like, you can take two holes and put 18 holes on it. Two, 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 like, if you've got two, you know, par five holes, like long golf holes, yeah. you could you could fit 18 holes in there if you're going out of it, you know, into yeah. the trees and Just things. Back and, and forth. Yeah, and you can make it. You don't have to use, it to be 1,500 acres. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah, and it, but, con- it conveniently works out pretty well that nine ball golf holes fits a comfortably long 18 disc golf holes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like well, that's roots. Yeah, it was a nine-hole par three course, and we can fit eighteen in there. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, yeah. There, there's a variety of holes. There's some mm-hmm. elevation changes. It's, it's yeah. nice. And that was a par three course. Yeah. So if we get real nine-hole, par thirty-six course, we can get, I'll, I'll say championship level. Disc, oh yeah, disc golf sure. courses in. Yeah. And pretty much any ball golf course. Yeah. Any ball golf course. Yeah. So I. I, I would love that idea. I think it would be so yeah. fun to go. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I am too. There's no reason. I, I, you've just got to figure out a way to, to keep the baskets away from the greens and yeah. you know just stage it out. And then it's – there's a course um, near where I used to live that I never played because I wasn't playing at that time when I was living there um, called Goat Hill. It's in Oceanside, okay. California. Yeah. I've never heard of it. I've heard of it. Um, but I think it's that kind of, same kind of idea. But I think just at a certain time of day, they shut down the ball golf and then yeah. you can go on and – yeah. Play disc golf. And I, I, I'm guessing the baskets are permanent. There's not just somebody running around setting up baskets yeah. every day. Yeah. But, yeah, you just put the basket away from the green, and it doesn't yeah. take up a whole lot more space than a you know a sign and a ball cleaning Yeah, and that's, that's one of the luxuries of disc golf is we don't need manicured greens. No, like we you don't. need a little bit of open space around it. And, and some, some holes, a very little bit of open yeah. space around it. Yeah, but we can use that tall grass on the side of fairways Absolutely. we can we, yeah, can we can go through the trees we can go yeah, yeah we can fill all the space they don't want yeah and at the same time on that other note you mentioned about time of day yes ball golfers pay more money because their sport requires more maintenance yeah i, I agree like i pay more when i go ball golfing um since ours is lower maintenance we pay less they can have saturday and sunday mornings absolutely so if i were running a ball golf course i'd say it's ball golf until 11 and then disc golfers can start playing. Yeah. Because. Well, even if it was like, it's 3.30. All right, fine. Like we've got. Oh, yeah. You know, especially in the summertime, you've got plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. And and most 
golfers are off the course anyway because it's it's a long slog and they're they get uh-huh. dehydrated it gets hot and yeah we can carry nalgenes yeah yeah and they, i mean ball golf is typically played in the morning i think yeah most people like I to go so. out in the morning enjoy their morning come home have the rest of the day disc golfers don't care we just want to play a lot of swing shift disc yeah. golfers yeah so I, I like i think everything about the partnership is good yeah i think it's totally potential for a whole lot of courses no i totally agree and there's you i mean you're never going to get at least a permanent course at like very prestigious private courses and that's fine no 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 and and i don't think anybody's asking for that i mean it'd be amazing to like set up pebble one beach. day pebble beach yeah like a like the pebble beach open it'd be like a thousand dollars to play It'd probably be worth it, though. <laughs> like, if, I, might, if, I might do it. Yeah. It'd be a bucket list thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, that would be an amazing thing. Yeah. Like, or even, you know, Sawgrass or something like that. Yeah. It's just one of these amazing courses. Um, probably not going to happen. Yeah. If you're at PDGA and you're working on this, please surprise us. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, you're likely going to get some sponsorship with something like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. If you're, if you're doing something oh, kind of large scale. But municipal courses that are, you know, again, not super maintained, not super expensive courses, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll take the fringes. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll try to stay out of your way. Yeah. And, I mean, part of disc golf is the same as golf, is etiquette. Yeah, absolutely. So ball golfers play faster. They hit the ball, you know, 300 yards. Nobody throws that far. So they're going to play faster. We stand aside and yeah. let them play through if they have to. Yeah, and and you probably ideally don't want them on the course at the same time, but I think there are courses that do yeah, that. I've, I've played on them. Yeah. And I always give way to golfers because... And you should. Golf balls are scary and they kind of hurt. Yeah, and you can't see them coming. Nope. Like, you can see a disc coming at you. Likely. I mean, if yeah. you're... It's easier. Yeah, it's a lot easier. I mean, I, I've seen people being with a disc before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me too. I struggle to say four. Do you still panic? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, over that. Well, I guess it's not panic. It's not. Just, it's not like a, oh, I'm going to hurt this person. For me, it's because we talked about you know Newton's twenty third law or whatever that if you're not playing, you're going to hit that with a disc. I think it was twenty seventh. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. That's your physics degree. <laughs> um, uh, but the, for me, it's like I feel. I'm not, I, I can't judge where my disc goes well enough yet uh, that I'm going to be like saying something unnecessarily, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, but I should just throw caution to the wind and shout four because the worst that's going to happen is the person's going to go, huh? Oh, that wasn't me they were talking to. Yeah. Or kind of laugh at you for saying four when it's not even close. Yeah. I still do that. So if it's yeah. even, if it even is in line with somebody and I know it's a hundred feet short, I'll say four, watch it at the ground and then yell, just kidding. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. It's probably just a better thing to do. Yeah. But I, I know when I was new and I was throwing towards people, I just panicked. Yeah. Like I knew I was supposed to say four, but the reaction was just drop my jaw and watch and hope. Yeah. And now as soon as it's offline at all, I just say four, get their yeah. attention. It's not even close. I feel okay. Yeah. And and for me, I mean, unfortunately, usually if it's a wild shot like that, it's something higher speed probably than I should be throwing with a with a wide rim that, that's actually could hurt. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a super soft putter that's no. going to just bounce off of them and like, oh. Yeah, no, discs hurt. And so, I mean, saying four is always a courtesy. Yeah. It so I just need to, to get over myself and my own insecurity that, like, no, I can't possibly throw far enough to hit somebody. <laughs> it's confidence. Be confident. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up tonight. So... <laughs>
please uh, thank you for listening. Please write in uh, proamdiscgolf at gmail.com, facebook.com slash proamdiscgolf for our page. We've also got a group there. There's a link. Click on that, and we'll get you added to the group. Um, start discussing. Start plotting against us, whatever you want to do. But get active. Get follow us. And um, please rate and review us on your podcast listening app of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music Play, whatever that is. Um, I think as of now, we're on Stitcher, um, iTunes, Google, and by the time we're leaving, releasing this, it should be on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we probably should be on Spotify now. So I, they've got kind of a weird delayed yeah. posting. I don't know what it is. It'll be there. So it should be there. So um, thank you again for supporting us. Tell everyone to, to come listen to Pro-Am Disc Golf, even if they've never played disc golf. Grow the sport by growing our show. Yeah. And, uh, that's how you grow the sport. Yeah, you, sh- you share our show. You share our show. That's your job. <laughs> um, we appreciate you listening, and we'll be back next week. Until then, uh, keep throwing plastic. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks. <laughs>